We're live. We're live. Welcome to Ben Break, Burn and Blue uh, podcast with Aaron Guyette and me, Josiah Dyer. And where we're just two guys uh, talking about the word, uh, the Holy Scriptures, breaking down things that God is using to fashion men into good fathers, leading their families in the word um, like he has ordained us to do. And so we talk about the things that uh, God uses to put us through trial, convict us, sharpen us, better us as men, and how those things can be used as tools and put into practical application to use in our lives with our families, our communities, our friends, and ourselves. That's right. I agree. Yeah. I agree with all that. All right, pilot uh, episode done. We we perfected it. It's right there. It's done. Uh, Aaron Guyette, uh, Ben Break, Burn and Blow again, um, and that and that came from a poem. So God uh, bends us, He breaks us, He, he burns us, and uh, blows us into the the purified or sanctified saints um, that He is is calling us into or or is leading us into. And so we're going to start today with uh, obviously our, our pastor. Uh, Pastor Kevin, he is preaching through 1 Corinthians 13, and so we thought it would just be apropos um, or appropriate uh, for us to jump into that scripture. So I'll read the chapter, um, 1 Corinthians 13, and then we're just going to chat a bit about it, um, maybe have some bones to pick or some dogs to fight. I don't know. <laughs> Dog fights. <laughs> Dog fights. <clears throat> First Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfection, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Again, that's it. I mean, what more do you need? What more do you need? Shut it down. Shut it down. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I had this conversation with my mother. I think I'm allowed to say that on this. Um, but but I've, had, I've had this conversation with a person. Uh, um, but it, and it, and it revolved around you know, love and and I think and I don't actually think that she is confused about you know, love being enabling. I, I don't think that she thinks that. 
Um, but it seemed to me, and I think I was, I had that thought that, oh, love means allowing, love means enabling, love means, you know, being nice, love means making sure that people feel good all of the time. Um, I don't think that that's true. <laughs> oh, that that's I think true. that that's the, the opposite often of love. I don't, I don't know. What are your thoughts on? Well, I think, I mean, obviously you read that love does not rejoice in evil but rejoices in good. So now we have opportunity to see that, okay, sometimes loving someone or something is the opposite of rejoicing in what they're doing. Yeah. And so um, there would not be, there's not that go along to get along type of love that most people are looking for. The kind that says, oh yeah, um, God made me this way and loves me even, um, God loves me just the way I am, mm. you know, more to say that God, yeah. God, or I am God. I'm made in the image of God. So That's right. I'm like, God. including my faults, yeah. Yeah, including yeah. my sin. Yeah. Um, and but that God loves you just, despite you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's an important take and a hot take because increasingly in our culture, people are trying to, Oh, obviously the, the entire, um, L L B T jihad has sought to redefine. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a not a chocolate nod for me. <laughs> the uh, oh yeah, that L B that L B T jihad is a uh, is weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, anyways, they're re- they're they're seeking to redefine love. Yeah, and so yeah. no longer is love. Um, defined by by the standard of the most holy god mm-hmm. that god is love mm-hmm. and so that you can't you can't define love outside of god mm-hmm. and you can't define god outside of how he has chosen to reveal himself in, in scripture that's right and yeah. according to that standard yeah and so to do to in in the great redefinition um of love divorced from the scriptures now we have subjected the even the idea of love to our own personal desires. It's now a sub, subjective concept that's, right. yeah, that's yeah, defined yeah. within ourselves. Yeah, the redefinition is actually a stripping of definition. That's right. 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 It's like a stripping it's of any... Ah, definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a, well, what do you feel love is? Well, love is love. Oh, okay. I guess then, then love is love. We'll just... Uh, We'll just say things twice as their definition, but, and then, but then really in reality, walk out a removal of that definition. And the interesting part is you can see there's a, a, quite a, an immediate response of, of p- not just sin, but pain, right? The, the downline consequences happen real quick. Immediate. Um, right. Yeah. And then, and then there's even further, you know, unintended consequences that I think you know, it, it seems to me that people are just not thinking about this very well. They're thinking about it and they want to feel good, um, but they're just not thinking about it well. And and that, I mean, that's another, uh, that's maybe another conversation for another day, but just thinking well has been essentially removed. It's like, no, I just want to shove this, you know, constant fast food diet of, of information into my face. And then I'm just going to reiterate and repeat the things that have been said enough times, you know, and, and one of those things would be like, love is love or, or, oh, if you, you know, if you're telling somebody that they're wrong, you know, that's, uh, 
that's, you know, you're, you're being a, a tyrant or you're being a dictator or, but really it's actually, it's a projection of what they're doing. It, it's the total tolerance. It's like, yeah, I have tolerance as long as you, as long as the tolerance, as long as you're tolerating what I believe is right. true, my own truth. But if you believe your truth, I can't tolerate that. Well, yeah. that's right. And it's a black hole. Yeah. It's, there is no, there is no ground. Yeah. Um, and nothing highlights that more. Never is that more poignant than when you, I saw a video online a week ago with a, um, a like a, a non-binary trans amalgamation person who was having a mental breakdown because the lesbian that she worked with would not accept her pronouns. And, and, and here, so here, we, so here we have uh, two people on the side of the odd definitional uh, godless love amalgamation, and they can't agree to, they can't even agree to disagree. They can't agree that your love is your love and I'll respect that. They're warring with each other Yeah. because yeah. when you end up, but it's inevitable. It is inevitable because yeah. when you end up in that black hole, there is no, when you end up in the world of, of subjective morality, there is no reality outside of your own feeling. Yeah. And so you, you cannot love your neighbor because your neighbor's um, definition of their own existence doesn't match your reality because yeah. your reality is completely within inside yourself. And so you can't possibly love them. And that's all tied in. That's all tied into um, to the standard of love being grounded in not only in God and his standard is set forth within the scriptures, but more um, more tightly in Christ and his atoning sacrifice. Mm. And it has to it has to go out from there. Yeah. You have to have that uh, that knowledge, appreciation and basis of Christ's atoning sacrifice for you while you were still yet a sinner, yeah. then to build upon that in order to enable you to love yeah. the other sinners yeah. around you. I, I just thought, and not that it hasn't come through my mind in other ways, but I just thought I was like, yeah, it's, it's you, you've actually removed the, the power of the atonement when you are starting to reinterpret scripture according to your own definition of what love is then you've now actually removed and then call yourself christian and so this is for all those people that call themselves christian but are not are are actually redefining love and redefining you know what is uh right that right. you know oh well scriptures scriptures actually don't say that homosexuality is wrong or scriptures actually don't say that um you can, that a male can be a female and a female can be a male or whatever. And it's like, no, that it's precisely what scripture is saying. And, and when you start to redefine that and yet still call yourself a Christ follower, still call yourself mm-hmm. a Christian, you've actually removed Christ or at least Christ atoning sacrifice because you've removed the the law that generated the, the sin that needed to be atoned for. Right. 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 Um, and so uh, that's a, I mean, that is the muddiness of this, this um, subjective morality, this subjective truth, this relative truth um, that we now is just a normative cultural 
piece, right? It's just a, it's now a normative thing in in media. It's a normative thing on on internet. It's a normative thing in town. When you have conversations with people, they just assume that your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth, and just don't you know, just let me have my truth and and we're good to go. Right. Um, well, I I did want to because I feel like obviously we can go down that rabbit hole. Um, ad infinitum for sure. But I did want to bring it because I felt, I feel personal conviction every time I read first Corinthians 13. Um, you know, I mean, in the beginning, love is patient and kind. Okay. We, well, we're talking about saying things that people are, are doing that are antithetical to Christ and, and Christianity and what, you know, God has presented in his scriptures so how do we, so how do you juxtapose or how do you connect patient and kindness with this obvious rebellion against God, a rebellion against the created order, against God, against Christ, who says, I have authority over, he- over all heaven and all of earth, right. go disciple nations. So how do we disciple in patient and kindness, but also not remove you know it says down there it does not rejoice in wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth but not remove the truth how do you how do you not um be arrogant or rude right how do you not insist on your own way um how do you not be irritable how do you not not be resentful like that that to me is in just that small little pericope of scripture from verses four through what six seven I'm like, or even four through six, it's like, man, that's a rough, that's right. I find that I'm even fighting my own self, right? My own fleshly desires with Christ, the Holy Spirit's sanctification. So, well, yeah. And especially, um, well, there's, there's, I I had two thoughts during that. The one is that, I mean, that's a constant battle Mm. to fight Mm. um, that, impatience and irritability and i mean sometimes just you know fighting the urge to commit actual real violence you know against the person (laughs) and especially for men and especially for men who have gone through some sort of um training that uses violent tactics yeah you just want to resort to okay well you won't shut up. I'm going to make you shut up. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to make you not blaspheme. Yeah. We'll, we'll pretend that all this stuff isn't up here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exhibit, <laughs> exhibit, <laughs> exhibit A. Um, right. <laughs> but that's not the way. That's not, yeah. that's not love. Um, yeah. And on the other side, and on the other side of the spectrum, especially for men who are not only, who are whilst combating the urge to sin, and have an unrighteous anger mm. and have an unrighteous response to sin mm. within the righteous response that is holding fast to the standard, holding fast to the line, not giving place to evil and speaking truth when and where it is needed. Part of the great stripping of the definitional stripping has been to move the goalpost of, we we'll just take violence. So now not only is violence violence, but disagreement is violence. Yeah. And not it's violence is violence. Violence is violence. <laughs> not, not acknowledging 
um, a, a part of a certain part of speech is violence. And so uh, the the allegations are there that you're sinning even whilst not sinning. Yeah. And so it's become very difficult for an evangelical man in America to know where is where is the first Corinthians 13 path. Where is that line that I'm supposed to walk where yeah. I'm standing firm, but I don't have unrighteous anger yeah. and I'm speaking truth, but I'm not being unkind. You know, I'm telling this person that they're deep in sin and I'm loving. This is love. And this is the, which is like we've been saying, which is why the standard of God that God has revealed throughout the entirety of scripture yeah. of truth and love is, is, is vital. You can't, you can't possibly walk that line without it stay with us we'll be right back hey thanks so much for checking out bend break burn and blow with josiah dyer and me aaron guyette if you like the show give us a review share it with your friends give us some feedback we really appreciate it yeah okay so what um what practical steps might a father of three kids use myself or um, a newlywed or a single man that's looking for uh, a woman to be his wife? What, what then are they to do? You know, because there's, I think in this world, there's a lot of like Jocko like answers or, you know, David Goggins like answers, which is like, just basically suffer harder, you know, um, and endure and persevere, which I don't think that there's anything wrong with those principles. I think they could be overdone, overplayed for sure. And then, and then, and then you're living this real asceticist type life or, or stoic life where but then you're you, all the power is yours. God doesn't play a part in this. It's you know it's just mine to make. Um, but then I, to me, it seems it's not a very far cry from you know uh, strength rules, right? Might is right, kind of a right. kind of a, a, a thing. And obviously, I don't think that those guys b- believe that. But then even like the Jordan Petersons, it's like oh well, you know, just make your bed. And again, I don't make your bed first, clean your room first. Yeah, and I agree with that. You know, your household should be in order before you start casting, you know, your, your assault or your truth or whatever into the world, what might be a, is it, do you see, or have you experienced a better path? And I've, I, I think I have a couple of answers for this, but have you experienced a better path where it's like, okay, yeah, I can walk this first Corinthians 13 walk, but not slide into the ditches on both sides where I'm enabling or going too hard. Yeah. I mean, the well for one the first thing that any any man has to do as they <clears throat> as they set out to to walk walk this is they have to read scripture they have to read all of scripture and they have to they have to learn the nature and the character of the god that they're trying to so- emulate the love of so you think just open and opening up to page one, Genesis one, verse one, reading, and then and doing it as quick as possible, uh, as 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 sustainable and as quick as possible to Revelation, or do you think there are guides or ways in which you can 
read through all of scripture to ascertain this better. Um, if, if we could just camp out on that first one first, sorry. I know that you're, you already have second and third and, and whatever, but mm. camping out on that is, is, <laughs> is there a better way? Is there, you know, there's oh, so many like different... directed studies and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, or is it just hey, page one go? Well, um, I mean, I guess it depends on, on the person's level uh, you know, where they're at necessarily in their, in their faith and in their walk. Yeah. If you've never read Genesis one, then by God, start in Genesis one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> obviously reading the old, the old Testament, and New Testament together is good, you know, so read, start in Genesis and then start it, you know, in John or in Matthew and, and read the old and new Testament together at the same time. But Specifically, as as pertains to love, and trying to ascertain what is the standard that that God has set forward, um, how does God love? If I'm trying to love, and I'm and I'm agreeing that God's is the standard of love, and His nature is revealed through the Word that He's given, then yes, I think that starting in Genesis and reading the story of how God has interacted with his creation and poured out his love in the creation yeah. um, is vitally important. So I, yeah, I think reading through Genesis and then through Exodus and Leviticus, all while keeping in mind on how, how is this portraying the yeah. love of God? The interesting part is, and I'm sure you've heard it too, where it's like, oh, the, the God of the New Testament is like somehow this different God and the God of the Old mm -hmm. Testament, or whatever, which I think is one ridiculous on its face if God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Sure. Uh, you know, for eternity. But that's a common thing. And I often point out, it's like, actually, you'll read God, you know, his steadfast love endures forever more in Old Testament than you ever will in the New Testament. Right. And it's right. showing that first Corinthians 13 is God. This is God. Sure. Right. Well, yeah, and that's <clears throat> I mean, that's part of um that's part of what I'm going to be saying tonight is uh, in Second Chronicles um, chapter 20, right? Uh, when um, Jehoshaphat calls on the name of the Lord uh, to, to help him defeat the Moabites and the Ammonites. And um, they, the word comes to the prophet Jehaziel that they're not going to have to fight. God is going to slay them and uh, for them and so what do they do they worship god and their worship is and their song is uh blessed is the name of the lord his steadfast love endures forever you know so there it is god's about to kill a whole bunch of people and that is his steadfast love enduring forever yeah and so there's something to be gleaned there on the nature of love um, and God's God's standard as concerns righteousness and the his own enemies. Mm. And I think that so now tying back into into First Corinthians 13 and what we were saying about the atonement and how we we are now responding in light of the atonement of Christ mm. as sinners having been redeemed and building our love, how we model God's love off of that. Mm -hmm. Because it is different, right, than God's yeah. love. Because 
because God's love is the kind that takes vengeance on, you know, um, he exacts his judgment. Just, perfectly just. His perfectly righteous judgment on his enemies. Yeah. But that's not the position we find ourselves. Yeah. Right. And so when a man is struggling with the sin for a man is trying to usurp the authority of Christ who has bought us Mm. in exacting the punishment or the retribution or uh, the justice aspect of God's love as concerns truth on the sinner. Mm. We try and usurp that authority. That's the man's sinful urge is to take that authority and that responsibility that that is Christ alone Mm -hmm. and take that upon ourselves. Um, and so kind of, kind of dovetailing back in, in to what we were saying about where does a man find himself in that? And really that's why I said, reading the old Testament, and the new Testament together, together, because you get yeah. those pictures, right? So you're seeing, this is God, this is his standard. This is how God operates. This is Jesus also God. Yeah. Right. And this is how we as Christians and especially as Gentiles, having been brought into the family of God through this atoning sacrifice, this is how we are operating um, um, according to that standard yeah. and underneath that, that standard that God has set. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily matter how you do it. It just matters that you do it and that it gets done. Mm-hmm. If you... If you could, Old Testament, New Testament. Sure. Um, and speed isn't the key. Uh, absorption or understanding is the key, right? That's right. Because um, it's the long game. It is the long game. We're playing right? the long game. We are playing the long game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So scripture is as well-defined as we as we can, as, as well executable as, as one can execute that. But everybody's situation is going to be drastically different than the next probably right. um, but we all probably have a similar thing where oh i have no time you know and but well too bad you just have to chop out time <laughs> wake up earlier yeah wake up earlier go yeah. to bed later go to bed later yeah bring your bible to a good lunch break that's right yeah um yeah and i would probably recommend an actual physical bible yeah. versus um phone but for centuries and centuries most Christians just listened to God's word. Right? That's right. Because most of us were illiterate. Um, now we're all gifted with this thing called literacy. Um, a, another blessing of uh, grace from God. That's right. Um, so, okay. So Probably scripture reformation. and then, and then, and it sounds to me like, I mean, obviously we're giving some bit of wise counsel probably from our own experience and our own wise counsels that have been part of our lives, you know, for whether as parents or whatever else. Um, but And I would say, you know, if you're having a tough time, like maybe get your pastor or your elder or a leader or a teacher to help you walk through that stuff, especially, you know, somebody that you can go to with a question while you're reading. But maybe that wasn't your number two. Uh, But yeah. So what's your number two? So first the scripture. No. Yeah. So that was number two is scripture. I mean, number one was scripture. Great minds think alike. That's right. Number two was find um, if you're not in a a very strong church, if you're in a if you're in a liberal church, if you're in a weak in a weak church where there 
are not men who are strong men and leaders evident in the church find another church yeah you know go strong in christ not strong like they went to the gym and they make a lot of money not your andrew tate guys no you know talking (laughs) about guys who are who have uh great families who are lead who are leading their wives leading their children loving their wives and children like christ loved the church who are being good role models yeah you know whose kids are well behaved who are successful and and honest with their business practices guys that you can um tell that that they are trying to trying to do this thing right and um seek out guys like that yeah. seek out guys like that and build a community with those types of people mm-hmm. get a mentor get someone who you trust who you can talk to about you your sin who you can confess to and with and ask advice and a lot of people you know is especially concerns with number Concern with number one, when talking about reading scripture, you'll have two kinds of people. Uh, there are three kinds of people. There are the one kind of person who kind of abandons scripture for commentaries and, uh, you know, videos and someone else's hot take. Then there are the kind of guys who completely shun that and they say scripture alone. Well, I don't need to hear what any other man thinks about this scripture it's a it's a straight download from the holy spirit right and then you got the guys in the middle somewhere in the middle that are saying yes and yes and and that's where i think that we should be i think that we should be learning from church history learning from what other men who have gone before us have thought about these things figure out what's orthodox figure out what's been argued about where the church has landed throughout history on these things get acquainted because when you have trouble understanding something especially in our modern age of the internet you can just go and pull it up you can go and look and say you know um what did augustine say about this what did calvin say about this you know what did what did kuiper say about this yeah um you know and so you can just you can find out what these big brains throughout the ages have thought about things and it makes our life harder. It's not cheating. God has given us these tools and resources and we, we need to use them. We need to use them to educate ourselves because the Bible is just like any other thing. There's a way to do it wrong. Yeah. Right. It's not some magical, it's not a magic book that if you read it, you're going to do it right. Yeah. If you read it and if you read the old Testament, you understand that if you, if you read and understand the old Testament, then you'll understand that. Yeah. That the easiest thing to do with God's scriptures is to misinterpret them That's right. and to yeah. do them wrong. Yeah. And so it's it takes diligent work and it takes a, a a humble attitude, reading, learning, and then conferring with other men. Yeah. If only we had a pope and a church with enough authority to tell us what it said. Then I wouldn't even have to read it. <laughs> you know, one day, one day, Elon will plug it into my <laughs> into my uh. brain. That's uh, that's for all my Catholic brothers and sisters out there. <laughs> no, happy Reformation. <laughs> happy Reformation. <laughs> um, man, yeah, that's good. And so uh, let's let's say them again. Uh, scripture, uh, find and attend a church regularly. A that's good right. church and good being defined as not liberal and not ridiculous. 
Um, and if you want to know more about what's ridiculous, maybe we'll have another talk on on that. On orthodoxy. Yeah, yeah there you orthodoxy. Go. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, that, that'd be good. The and then the Western time. Yeah, and then and then you're discipling in Christ, but that doesn't mean that you uh, are only sola scriptura out there alone and unafraid. Uh, God didn't God didn't uh, create church for us to be alone and unafraid. That's right. Uh, we're a community of saints. And so then we should, there will be somebody who's older and wiser than you. And you should, you ought to find that person, especially like you said, I, I think it's great. It's like, yeah, I want to have, um, I want to have a, a glorious marriage. I want to have a glorious children that, you know, what we do is, as we, uh, seek to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That is what we do as a family. And I'm leading in that. That's right. Okay. Who's doing that? You are. All right, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then we do it together. And then I get to learn from, I get downloads from, from that person because there's, there's so much in between the, the lines of scripture that is life. And then you think, oh, this isn't scriptural. And then lo and behold, your wise counsel steps up and goes, actually, right. let's, let's, you know, open up to James one twelve or, you know, whatever the case might be. There's another way to look at that. <clears throat> yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, we, we, we somehow touched on earlier, and I can't remember, and this will be, this will have to be another episode too, yeah. but fundamentalism. Yeah. Um, and the individual, the individualistic fundamental yeah. Christianity yeah, yeah. that has turned every man into an island yeah. of of Christianity, right? Yeah. And stri- has somehow stripped the American evangelical of yeah. his his corporate status yeah. uh with with the rest of the church. It's right? it's it's the radical core of our initial independence coming home to roost is what I, is the way I see it. Mm-hmm. And right. It's, it's, we, we didn't, not that the forefathers saw us as individualistic, but that is that seed got planted. We seceded. We, you know, we, mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to do our own thing. And then we had a civil war about it. Right. And this is deep in our uh, generational roots. It seems to me. Right. And and then, but now you look around and everybody is a silo. Right. Even in big cities. But then especially you come out here to the, you know, country ish. uh, And man, if it's especially like in North, you know, North Idaho, there's still that still that strong pioneer mindset, you know. And um, but even it it goes even well, well beyond um, the revolution all the way back. Yeah. You know, all the way back to the Anabaptists, you know, and so that's another that's another yeah. thing, but that but that men seeing themselves, um, yes, we are the we are the federal head of yeah. our family. We are called to love our wives like like Christ loved the church, to lead our families, you know, like like Christ leads, to be strong heads. Um, but we're not called we're not called to do that in in exchange uh, to exchange that. Or, or uh, to do that instead of being a member of a community, being accountable to each other, being a part of a, a strong corporate body of believers, that you have to do the both end. You have to lead your family well. You have to do all those things, be the federal head, but also you have to be part of the corporate body of believers and be a part of a community of men. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I got to I gotta create some really cool sign-off uh, you know, um, something with the bin, break, burn and blow. But I think this is 
pretty pretty rad start to uh episode one this is episode one been break burn and blow with yeah. josiah dyer and aaron guyette thank you for listening to this episode of been break burn and blow with josiah dyer and me aaron guyette we challenge you disciple in christ sharpen your swords love your wives and catechize your kids